Coming up. We should call out sin so that people can be set free. We got to call it out, y'all. In fact, that's how we love them. If we let people stay in sin, stay captive to sin, then that's not love at all. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Did you know the devil only has three weapons he uses against us? But don't be fooled. He may only have three weapons, but he has plenty of tricks. Join us for the message series, Propositions from the Devil, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn carefully walk through many of the traps from our very real enemy and the tools we possess to be victorious against him. Here's the fifth message in the series, A Money Trap, Part 2. So look what happened here in Acts 8, 12 through 13. So they were calling Simon, the power of God. He was amazing everybody and folks was following him because yeah. he was doing this magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this wicked magic sorcery stuff. And, um, and then look what happens. Acts 8, 12 and 13. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So let's pause for a moment and we can catch what's happening. These folks was following all this sorcery that he was doing. And Philip shows up and preaches the gospel of the kingdom of God, of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And they believed the gospel and they got baptized that what they were following this guy doing all these tricks, all this sorcery and magic. Yeah. And they followed Philip. Mm-hmm. And then verse 13 says, Simon himself believed and was baptized mm-hmm. and he followed Philip everywhere because he was astonished by the great signs and miracles he was he saw. Amen. So Philip not only preached the gospel, he was doing miraculous things. And they believed him. And they believed him. And it even says that Simon believed me. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see later on, he must not have believed. Yeah. He fell into a trap. Yeah. We're going to see that. Amen. And so, and it, and it may have been the trap of people pleasing. Part of that is people pleasing. They were all, in, all the folks is following me and walked away and following Philip. So I guess I better go over there too, where all the folks are. I don't know. It didn't tell us. But, yeah. but I'm just giving you an example of how, you know, but something was wrong. We're going to see about Simon's belief. Yeah. So let's see what Philip's talking about. He's not even doing some sorcery. sorcery and stuff. He's just <laughs> yeah. talking. Yeah, and then I want to highlight how Simon was amazed by the miracles and the great signs he was doing. Mm-hmm. And you can see how he was doing all these so-called magical signs or whatever, and folks was following him. And now he's 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 bent in that direction. He's sensitive to those kinds of things. And, and it says he was following that. 
Philip everywhere he went because he saw these signs. He was amazed by the signs. Yeah. He was primed to be amazed by the signs. He was mm-hmm. conditioned because he was amazing people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to experience some changes. We saw Simon, all his amazement, folks following him changed. Yeah. And so this begs another question to ask. Mm-hmm. When we know that everyone will encounter changes at some point, so we at, we should ask the question then, how should, write this down, how should the church interact with people experiencing changes? Mm-hmm. How should the church interact with them? Mm-hmm. I want to give you a few here. The first is we should consistently proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. We should consistently Mm. proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, We saw that happening with Philip. Philip, he proclaimed the gospel Mm -hmm. and um, it caused a change for Simon, but it also caused a change for the people who were following Simon. Mm-hmm. a positive change, you know, that they accepted Jesus Christ and the gospel Amen. of the kingdom of God. And so we want to continue to do that. One of the principles that we learned from Saddleback Church and Purpose Driven Church model is that uh, one of the times in a person's life when they're most um, accepting of the gospel is when they are going through changes and transitions. That's right. That's right. And this is uh, um, a a point that we need to really grab hold on to, because when you're going through changes and transitions, there's uncertainty, you know, there's a whole, a whole bunch of things are engaged in that situation. And the research shows us that that's when people are more likely to be accepting to the gospel. So when you see someone going through a change or transition, just know that this might, this might be a good time for you to share the gospel of Christ with them or to invite them to church or something. Um, Cause it, it may make the difference in how well they receive your message. Amen. Amen. And that's something that we need to take to heart. That's right. Lori and Dan negative changes. Yes. Yes. Amen. And so, um, so that's one thing we want to do is consistently proclaim the gospel of Christ. Um, and that's for all situations. Uh, look what it says here in second Timothy four, two, it says, um, Paul's letter to Timothy, he says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with the great with great patience and careful instruction. Mm -hmm. So Paul instructed Timothy, preach it, preach it, proclaim it Mm -hmm. um, in season and out of season. When people want to hear it, when they don't, you know, you tell it or no matter whether, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, tell it. Yeah. Um, And, and tell the gospel because we don't know when somebody will say yes to God, Mm -hmm. but we got to keep throwing the seeds out there. Mm-hmm. And so I just, as I mentioned before, it's, it's, it's um, found in research that often, though, when they're transitioning, and it could be a positive or a negative transition, as um, Lori sort of alluded to, mm-hmm. um, in which they're more receptive right. to receive the right. things of God. Right. 
And so we just got to know that that can be a tool in our bag, in our in our proclaiming bag, mm -hmm. as we tell folks about Jesus Christ. Amen. And the second response or way that we should interact with folks experiencing changes, since everybody will, is we should focus on what God is blessing. Mm -hmm. Always. Focus always. on what God is blessing. And this is another principle that we get from um, Saddleback Church and Purpose Driven Model is that, you know, we want to we, we want to engage in what God is blessing versus asking God to bless what we're doing. We yeah. want to do the things that God is blessing right. versus asking him, Lord, this is what we're going to do. So bless it. Say, so, you no, know, we want to look out and say, God, OK, what are you blessing? And oh, you're blessing this. Then let's get involved and engage yeah. with that. Send us in the direction of where you're blessing. What do you want us to do? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Amen. And so look what it says here in Acts 8, 14. Uh, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Mm -hmm. Y'all see that? Uh, we already read what Philip was preaching to Samaria, Samaria and folks who were following the sorcerer began to follow Philip and accept Christ and got baptized. Mm -hmm. And the word of that got back to Jerusalem. Yeah. And so how did the church respond? They sent their two biggest guys, <laughs> right, right. Peter and John, two of their biggest, to go and see what's going on in Samaria. So Peter and John got sent by the believers mm -hmm. to, to go talk and meet the people who had received Christ in Samaria. Amen. And those are the kinds of things that we do. When you see God is blessing something, the church needs to get engaged in it. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened here. Amen. So Peter and John went. Mm -hmm. And this takes us to another, the third uh, interaction that we should have uh, when people are experiencing change. And that is, we should understand our work reveals the traps of the devil. Mm -hmm. Our work reveals the traps of the devil. Yeah. So when we we should be preaching all the time, we should be engaging with and interacting with things that God is blessing, but also understand that if we're gaining traction like that, mm -hmm. the enemy's going to be busy. And the fact that we're giving the truth of God, then it's also going to unveil or reveal the lies of the enemy as well. So we, when this happens, we, we should not be surprised. We should expect it to happen. Amen. And so look what happened here as Peter and John goes to Samaria. It says in Acts 8, 15 through 19, <clears throat> when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that, might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so the, 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 the Peter and John goes there to like, they want to give them more of God. They want to draw them closer to God and get them, get them more into uh, what God is offering them and what God can do for them mm -hmm. so that they can have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And then in verse 17, it tells us, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. 
So God, these new believers, got indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And then verse 18 says, though, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Mm -hmm. Let's stop right there. <laughs> the trap, the trap. Yeah. That's the revelation of the trap. Mm -hmm. So Simon, who supposedly, Simon the sorcerer, who supposedly had believed, is now offering money so that he um, could get, as it says here in verse 19, he said, and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Simon, who supposedly had believed, mm -hmm. he offered money to get this power that Peter and, and John um, had demonstrated. Yeah. He thought okay. he could buy the power of God. That's what he thought. Now, let's not lose track of his conditioning. They were calling him as of a matter of fact that this man is truly the power of God. Mm -hmm. right, right. <laughs> that was, he had established a reputation. That was his reputation. Right? <laughs> of being the power of God mm -hmm. amongst these same people. Right. Right. Yeah. He had wrapped his identity in being the power of God, his confidence in being the so-called power of God. All right. And now he's figuring, well, I sure would like to be called or viewed as the power of God again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he got, he got, he got conditioned to be tempted and his solution was to buy it. Yeah. To buy it. Now understand he had made a whole lot of money because he was so popular with his magic, magic and sorcery. He was, he was, you know, it doesn't tell us how much, but we can imagine that with that popularity, it came with some money. Yeah. Yeah. And so now he's trying to buy the ability of releasing the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Y'all know this is yeah. this is way off base. Yeah. Way off base. Mm -hmm. And so he was conditioned. And if we're not careful, our environment and the world can condition us to fall into sin, just like Simon did. Amen. And look what it says. Um, this takes us to our, our, our fourth point mm -hmm. of how the church should interact. We should call out sin so that people can be set free. Yeah. Amen. Set them free. We got to call it out, y'all. In fact, that's how we love them. Mm -hmm. If we let people stay in sin, stay captive to sin, then that's not love at all. Mm -hmm. We say, well, if I tell them they ain't going to like me, well, right, you want to, right, you want, right. <laughs> well, they're going to, 
talk about me, whatever. Well, you just rather that they go to hell then? Mm -hmm. We should call out the sin. Right. So they can be set free. That's love. Amen. Look what happened. Look what Peter and John did in Acts 8, 20 and 24. It says, Peter answered. <clears throat> After he asked, he tried to buy the ability to release the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Mm -hmm. He fell smack dab into the trap, y'all. Mm -hmm. He thought money could buy the gift of God, mm -hmm. which means he thought more of money than he thought of God. That's true. Okay. That's just how you look at right. it, right? Yeah. And we need to really check ourselves. And and I said earlier that there are many money traps. So I I I I I I've, I've been trying to package this that this is a money trap. It's not the it's not all the money traps. There are many money traps that will get us thinking that money is more than God. Right. Right. Or even equating money to God. Right. That's a trap, too. Mm -hmm. There's all kind of traps tied into money. Mm -hmm. We're going to see in a minute and we keep going here. And so Peter tells him to his face. Mm -hmm. May your money perish and you. Because mm -hmm. you're thinking so low of my God. Right. Right. My God is bigger than money. Mm -hmm. You have lowered the value of my God. Get, think about the mindset Peter had here. And I'm trying to articulate that in a way that it will resonate with you. Because too often Christians sit back and allow people to devalue our God. Just so we just don't say nothing while they're devaluing our God. Right. The one who saved you. The one who's prom, who's keeping you, protecting you, providing for you, created you. And we let them devalue our God. That's right. Peter says, no. No. He said, may your money perish and you. Hmm. Um, because you thought the gift of God can be bought. That money means more than God. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be very careful. Mm -hmm. And then verse 21 says, you have no part or share in this ministry. Now, understand he had believed, so-called believed, and had been baptized. And what baptism is, it's a public identification that, hey, I'm, I'm a believer. He had professed um, with his mouth. And, and with his actions that he was going to be a part of the ministry mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. And now Peter is telling him, you're my, you, you, something's twisted about you. Something's not right about you. Something's evil about you. And he's going to say it. We're going to see it. He's going to say it. He's going to call it straight out in a minute here, but it says something evil about you and you have no part in this ministry. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to tell him why he says, because your heart is not right before God. Yeah. Your heart is not right. Mm -hmm. In verse 22, he says, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope 
that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And verse 23 says, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Mm. He calls it out. He says, you ain't, you are not free from sin. Mm -hmm. You have not repented of your sin. If you did, you would not have these kinds of thoughts in your heart. Yeah, yeah. Peter calls it out. Mm -hmm. And he tells them, you got to repent. Yeah. And then verse 24 says, then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me. So that nothing you have said may happen to me. Hmm. Simon's still not getting it. Mm -hmm. He's not getting, he's not getting it. No, 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 no. I, my prayer can't help your salvation in that, right. in that regard. You have to face God for yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to repent. And if you don't, then these things are going to happen to you. The same is true for us today. We must repent. And so everybody has to face God for themselves. Amen. And look what it says here in 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Mm -hmm. So surely Simon regarded money more than God. Because he thought the money which would give him the gift of God. Yeah. Thought more highly of the money than he did God. And look what it says here in Luke 16, 10 through 13. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will you trust? Who will trust you with true riches? Yeah. So Simon was trying to get the true riches of God, the things of God, which are the true riches, with worldly wealth. So he had placed worldly wealth above the true riches. So he was he had a bad uh, misperception of what money could do. Because he tried to do something with it that money can't do. Uh, this might be ringing somebody's bell out there that maybe you're trying to do some things with money that money it can't do. Yeah. Okay. You might be trying to buy your friends, <laughs> buy a relationship. Money don't buy a relationship. Yeah. Right. Money don't buy the things of God. And Simon here was doing that. Mm -hmm. And then verse 12 goes on in Luke 16 and says, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Verse 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Amen. Simon tried to bring them together mm -hmm. and he dishonored God in the process. Yeah. And Peter 
called it out and called him wicked. Mm -hmm. Say, you need to repent. Even though he had, quote unquote, believed and been baptized. Mm -hmm. So this tells us everybody who say they believe and everybody who's been baptized doesn't necessarily mean their heart is right. That's right. Simon is an example of that. I said in the beginning that this money trap potentially led to his eternal separation from God because the text doesn't tell us, tell us what happens after this or whether or not he repented and changed. We don't know. But we do know that if he didn't repent and he didn't change, we know what his destiny is. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We really need to take this to heart. In fact, if you know you got a little beef with another believer, you ought to be like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to get us back on the same page? Because yeah. Jesus, the one we serve, prayed that his followers would be one. That's how much it meant to him. Thank you for listening.